If you don't know who that is, that's our, um, that's Josh. Uh, he's the pastor of, of a, a church that we are a major part of in Culiacan, uh, Sinaloa, Mexico, and uh, very dangerous location, but they're having tremendous results with that church. Where that's taken is, I've been there, it's right out in front of their, of their building, and I'm telling you, they, they, they're, they're seeing many testimonies just like that, and what's really amazing is a lot, of the, a lot of the salvations and the miracles that they've seen are from that age group. And what's happening is, is those, that age group is, is bringing their parents and, and their friends. And so we have a multi-generational church, but not from parents bringing their kids, but from kids getting their parents and bringing them to church. So it's, it's really, really amazing. And that's what we're a part of when we give to missions. Today is Mission Sunday, the first Sunday of every month. Uh, we, we dedicate and we receive a special offering that we dedicate just to missions. And so our focus today is Mexico. Uh, if you don't know, we've been a part of ministry in Mexico for uh, since really three years after this church opened. We actually sent a couple that got saved here in our church. We sent them into Tijuana, Mexico, where they opened a church. And today, there are 50 churches that have been planted from that one church in Mexico. And, and Josh is one of those. He's actually the son of the, of the pastor we sent there originally. And it's just amazing what God's done over 30 plus years of been sowing into Mexico. And we haven't stopped, and we're not going to. It's such a fruitful place for us to see what God wants to do. So uh, just to let you know a little update on what's gonna be happening in Mexico, next Monday, Carrie and I are gonna be boarding a plane, we're gonna be flying into Guadalajara, and uh, we're gonna be meeting up with all of the pastors from our network are gonna be co converging in Guadalajara for a, a pastor's conference. Carrie and I are gonna be ministering there and, and speaking into, the, into that movement. And then later on in the summer, I'll have the opportunity to go to several of our conferences. We have, we have different regional conferences throughout Mexico. We have one in Mexico City, one in Monterey, and one right there in Baja, down there in Baja, California, right there in Tijuana. And uh, I'll be speaking at those. Also in the summer, Drew is gonna be going and, and he's gonna be speaking at a youth camp for all of our young people in Mexico. He's gonna be doing that in August. And so there's lots of really, really exciting things happening in Mexico. And, and the only way it's possible is through our giving. It's the only way it's possible. So we've already told them we're, we're down, we're, we're in, and we know that our church is gonna back it 100%. And so this morning, as you give to missions, you know where it's going. Uh, you know what God's doing, and we're so excited to see miracles like that, and can't wait to hear more and more of what God's doing in our churches in Mexico. Aren't you glad to be a part of something that's not just here, but literally around the world? It's something that you're a part of, and I'm grateful for that. Thank you for your giving. If you if you if you brought an offering or a tithe to bring to the Lord, you want to give to missions. So many ways that you can do that. Uh, you can scan this code that takes you to our our uh, ele electronic version our way where you can give safely and securely online. You can also visit the Elevate Ministries app. That app is loaded with content, including an easy way for you to give. I know most of you use that option. If you're giving electronically, let me encourage you, make sure that you the drop-down menu, it has a campus that you attend. You attend the central campus, all right? We have some people that are stuck in the north campus that attend this church. You do not attend North Campus, you attend Central Campus. So make sure in your giving that you choose the Central Campus so that we can, we can, our books can be correct. We'd appreciate that so much. Uh, if you're giving with cash or check, there's envelopes behind the chairs. 
There's also pens that say stolen from Elevate Ministries. Don't take those, but you can use them while you're here, and you can put your envelopes right there in, in, the, in the giving box in the back, all right? Oh, thank you for that, for your giving. Let me get, go through a few announcements. This Wednesday uh, is, is gonna be really exciting. We have another installment of the guys that are going through the, the communications class. Pastor Carl has been teaching a class as a hub group on, on preaching and, and ministering God's word. And so what we've had the opportunity is we've given guys that are in that class the opportunity to preach on a Wednesday night. And so this Wednesday, we've got three, we got three, three men of God that are gonna be preaching and we're excited about that. And it's really amazing what God's been putting in these guys' hearts to share with us. It's been really, really revolutionary and it's been helpful for me. And I just really, really appreciate it. Wednesday night's gonna be exciting. Also, just wanna make you aware of eConnect eConnect is our pathway to help you get connected to God, help you get connected to other people in the church, and help you get connected to your purpose. eConnect is a very simple process. We've made it as easy as possible. It's not a class you have to come to. It's something that you can just do online at your convenience when you have time. It's a series of seven short videos and some online assessments. And basically, these videos just tell you a little bit about our church, how we started, our mission, our vision, our values, Maybe, maybe some of the things we're planning to do in the future, just to kind of get you oriented with us. Uh, but then there's also, at the end of, of, of the online part of that, there's a, an interview where we get to talk to you about you and get to know you a little bit. And the purpose of it is just to help you get connected around God's house. Yeah. It's important for you to be connected. We wanna help you do that. And so if that's something that interests you, it should interest you, all you have to do is text CONNECT to 714-970-4716. You can do that right now. It'll send you a prompt, and then you can get started anytime. You can get started today, tomorrow, uh, this week. We'd love to help you get through it. I think you'll enjoy it uh, once you get started. Just text CONNECT to 714-970-4716. And one more thing I just want to make you aware of. I know many of you already know about this, but we do have a 24-7 prayer hotline that's, that's in our church. And what this is, this is a group of, of people in our church, prayer warriors, people that feel uh, um, anointed to pray. And, and what we do is we receive prayer requests from our congregation anytime, literally day and night. And we have a group of people that are seeing those requests and are praying for those requests on a daily basis, every single day. And you say, well, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm nervous to call somebody, I don't know if I'm gonna bother them. You don't have to call, all you do is you text your prayer request to 888-970-3961. That's a specific hotline just for prayer requests. And so that team will see that request, they'll make it known, and we'll pray together for you and your situation, whatever it may be. And so we encourage you to do that, and, and, and we have a team that wants to do that. So maybe just put that as a contact in your phone, so when something comes up, you have somebody you can reach out to. Sound like a plan? Amen. One more, other, one more request, one more announcement is our women's event is coming up the last Saturday of, the, of this month. And we have Rachel Campbell, Israel Campbell's wife, gonna be with us. And so all the ladies, I'm, I'm encouraging you, make sure that you plan to be a part of that on, I believe it's May 27th. It's the last Saturday of the month. It's gonna be at 7 p.m. We're gonna hold it in the vault across the street. We want, we want you to invite your friends, invite your, 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 your tias, your, your, your madres. Uh, uh, bring them all. Let, let's, let's fill the house uh, and, and let's just have a great time, a girly event happening the last Saturday of the month. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm excited to bring the word today. And, and as I was preparing to speak, 
It's, it's an interesting time at our church right now. And the reason is, is because we've just come through a massive season where it's just been really so exciting. It started with our conference. How many enjoyed our Run With It conference? And then that led right into our Heart for the House, which led into 13 Days of Passion, which led into Easter Sunday. Then we had baptisms. And we've just been kind of riding this wave, this high of, 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 of this momentum push that, that, that happened all the way back at the beginning of March. It's just amazing how, how, how time has really flown by and all that God has done. It's been, it's been super exciting. And, and I began to, we've been talking recently really about the next season of ministry at Elevate Ministries because we know that the end of May, our e-groups are ramping down uh, for the summer. We know summer's coming and we're planning for summer. We know next week is Mother's Day. Can you believe it? Mother's Day, all right? We're excited. We're excited to celebrate moms. And we're going to have a, a family photo shoot out, 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 uh, here available for all of our families to take pictures with mom. We're, we're, we're looking forward to that. There's going to be gifts handed out to all the moms. We're going we're gonna to celebrate the moms. My wife is going to be speaking. It's going to be great. We're going to have a great service next Sunday. And, and at the end of this month, and, and, and kind of moving into next month, we're going to do a mini-series. And the series is entitled, I Need Dough. All right, how many need money once in a while? How many need money right now? You need money. Well, this series is called I Need Dough, but it's not N-E-E-D, it's K-N-E-A-D, which means I need dough. I, I, I use what I have. I'm, a, I'm, 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 I'm needing dough to make dough, all right? And uh, I, I know that Ray knows a lot about that with his pizza business. He understands what it means to need and to stretch. And, and, and we believe that it's gonna be a series on finances that I think is gonna be beneficial and fruitful for us all. And I'm, I'm really kind of looking forward to it and thinking about that and planning for that even now. And then, then right after that, we're gonna be jumping into Father's Day. And so Father's Day is gonna be here. And then right after Father's Day, we're jumping into the at the movies uh, uh, theme where we're gonna take different, different feature films and we're gonna dissect them and we're gonna preach. You guys remember that last year? Wasn't that fantastic? Warriors, you know, we all remember that. And uh, so we're looking forward to all of these things. And so I, as I'm looking at the calendar, I recognize that this Sunday is kind of just in between. It's just kind of one of those Sundays, and it happens all the time uh, throughout the year at different times, where, where it's just kind of a Sunday that's standalone. It's just kind of, kind of stuck there, kind of in the middle. And so because this Sunday is kind of an in-between, I thought this message should also be kind of an in-between. And so the title of this message is gonna be Divine Detainment Stuck Between the Now and the Not Yet. Divine Detainment Stuck Between Now and Not Yet. And we're gonna be reading from Habakkuk chapter one, verses one through four, and I'm, don't even turn there, because by the time you find it, I'll be done reading it, so, so don't even turn there. Um, I'm gonna read this, this text from the message translation. And the reason I'm doing that is because I think it kind of brings the, don't put it up there yet, Take it off there. Thank you. I think, I think it kind of brings the text to life. And, and I, want you to, I want you to kind of just feel it for a minute because, because I, I, as I was preparing for our conference, if you remember, our conference text was Habakkuk chapter two, where, we, where we're talking about writing the vision, making it plain and running with it. And, and prior to that is chapter one, if you didn't know that, one, then two. And I'm reading through chapter one in different translations and I, read, I, I remember reading through Habakkuk 1, and I took note of it uh, because it reminded me of some feelings that I had. It reminded me of maybe a season that, that I had been through and a season that, that, that our family had experienced. And, 
and I, I, I just took note of it at that moment for a, for a later time. And so God reminded me of that, that particular text this week. And, 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 and the reason I think God reminded me of it is because, I don't know if you've noticed, but, but I've noticed that recently so many people in our church and so many people that I know are experiencing and struggling with stuff. Just, just life stuff. And, and we all go through stuff. You know what I'm talking about. We all go through different things, but I've noticed that so many people, they're going through things like employment issues and career problems and maybe family problems that have come up and marital strife that just seems to hit and even the death of loved ones, death of family members. We, we were hearing about people that experiencing seasons of sickness, even disease, and things like this strike all of us. Right, it happens to all of us, and, and here's, the, here's the problem is that when these things strike, they don't come with an operational manual. There isn't like an SOP to explain to you what to do and, and when it's gonna end and how you're gonna get through this. There's, there's no expected end date to any of these types of things that hit our life. Are you with me, 10 o'clock? What happens is, is you just kind of arrive there. You just kind of get dumped in this location and this location is between the now and the not yet. It's just kind of in the middle. It's this place, it's just kind of the in-between. And, and so this morning, what I wanna do is I wanna do two things. First, I wanna speak to those that may be in that season right now. As I begin to talk about that season, you, you begin to think automatically, I am in that season. That season that you're talking about, is, is my season right now. And I wanna, I wanna tell you that I know that no doubt Satan is looking at your season as an opportunity to try to lie to you and deceive you. Yeah, so I wanna speak to you today, but I also wanna speak to everyone else in this room because not everybody's in a season like that. Some of us are doing really well today. Some of us are really happy today and everything is going really well. So I wanna talk to you because it's important that we understand that anytime we get into a group like this, there's gonna be dozens of people that are in the middle. There's gonna be dozens of people that are, are here this morning that are going through some really heavy, difficult things. And I believe that God has placed the church to respond in such a way that God provides the church and God provides its people to provide comfort for those that are stuck. I think this is what Habakkuk is dealing with in this text. I think, I think Habakkuk, and you're gonna hear it as I begin to read it, he's, he's in this rant towards God. He's just, he's just upset, and, and I'm glad that the Bible includes the good, the bad, and the ugly. Aren't you glad about that? That it's not all just wonderful stuff all the time. That, that some of the heroes in the Bible, the people that we consider heroes, that sometimes they had moments that when we look at it, we wouldn't consider it very heroic. Like when you're looking at their life, you look at what they do and, and some of their responses and you're like, man, that doesn't sound like a champion. That doesn't sound like a hero to me. And here's the truth. We've all gone through times like that. We've all, we, we all, I think, can relate to what Habakkuk is feeling here in Habakkuk chapter one, verse one, where he says this. He says, God, how long do I have to cry out for help before you listen? How many of you felt that way before? You know what I mean? Like you're asking God, you're praying, and you're saying, God, how long do I have to cry out for help before you listen? How many times, God, do I have to yell, help, murder, 
police before you come to the rescue? Why do you force me to look at evil and stare trouble in the face day after day? Anarchy, violence, breaking out, quarrels and fights all over the place. Law and order fall to pieces. Justice is a joke. The wicked have the righteous hamstrung and stand justice on its head. See, I think, I think we can get a, a little picture of what Habakkuk is feeling right now. And, and I wanna talk to you about maybe this season that he's in. It's this zone of life. And I think some of us, you, can, you know, you're, you, you, as I'm talking, you, you, I'm, I'm in this place right now. And, and you may not know what to call this season. I, I don't think Habakkuk knew what to call this season. All he knows is that he's stuck into it. He, he's in that season of delay. It's a pause. He's stuck in the middle. And so I want to call it divine detainment. It, it's, it's that time in life where you feel like you're stuck at a stoplight that will never turn green. It's that time in life where you're sitting at the railroad crossing and it's a never-ending train. It just seems like you can't get beyond the tracks. You're just waiting for it to end. It's the season, I think Habakkuk is feeling it, and he felt it then, where God doesn't have your back. Where we feel like, hey, maybe we're doing everything God's called us to do. We're, 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 we're trying our best to, to live a life that's pleasing to God. That would have been the case for Habakkuk. I mean, we know that he was a prophet, and according to the scripture, he's prophesying. In other words, he's speaking what he's hearing God say. Are you hearing me today? And he's prophesying, and here's the problem. What God's saying that he's prophesying, it's not coming true. So he's hearing what God's saying, he's speaking it out of its mouth, but it's not happening. Are you with me today? He's, he's prophesying judgment on the people because of their sin, but, but the people aren't experiencing judgment at all. Matter of fact, wickedness is flourishing. The evil people that are causing all of these problems, instead of them suffering like God was prophesying, instead, they're flourishing. And justice is a joke. And anarchy is everywhere. And there's war and unrest is breaking out. And so here's, here's Habakkuk, he's prophesying, all this stuff's gonna change. You'll see, all this stuff's gonna change. But the problem was, they weren't changing. In other words, things didn't look quite like God said. This is what's going on. And this is a season that Habakkuk is facing. And what you need to understand is this was going on, not for days, not for a few minutes or a few months. This was going on in his life for years. For years, and Habakkuk is, is, is in this text, he's describing, he's trying to make sense of it all, and he's describing this zone that maybe some of us are in this morning. But it's definitely a zone that we all experience at one point or another in our life. It's a season where what we're seeing isn't matching up with what God's saying. And so I wanna try and give language to this. Because I think it's difficult. Because there's this gap I think, I think all of us would, would recognize this, that there's a gap between the tragedy, the difficulty, the problem. There's a, there's a gap between that and God showing up. There's a space between that and God showing up. And, and for whatever reason, God allows this space. He allows this space. He allows us to go through this stuff. It's, it's divine detainment. It, it's you're stuck between now and not yet. And here's the thing. It's not like God doesn't know about it, right? 
we, we know that God knows everything. God knows you're in trouble. He knows your, your, the relationship is estranged. He knows finances are lacking. He, he knows the sickness you're dealing with. And, and for whatever reason, God knows you're in trouble. He knows you need help right now. And it seems like it's a season, it's a pause where God's deaf to your requests. It, it's like he's blind to what's going on in your life and he's kind of indifferent to your circumstances. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? It's almost like God's uncaring. Has anybody ever felt like this? Only me. It's like uncaring what's happening right here, down here in our world. And, and that's what Habakkuk's dealing with. We know that because he says, God, how long, look at it, how long before, how long do I have to cry out before you listen? We all know what this is like, where we're believing and we're hoping and we're praying that something would change. There'd be some glimmer of hope of a breakthrough happening. There'd be some, some, sort, of, some sort of, of light at the end of the tunnel where we know God's coming through. But the longer it goes, without experiencing some sort of intervention, it just kind of feels like everything's on hold. Life's on hold, can't get anywhere, can't do How do you survive this? That's the question. And if you're in this spot right now, you're wondering how long is this gonna take? So I wanna to talk to you today, but, but I also wanna to talk to everyone else because what do you say to someone who's in that space? Because you may be doing good right now. You may not be in the middle. You, you may be at the other side right now. And so the question is, is, is what do you say to someone who's stuck between now and not yet? What do you say to someone who's in the middle? I think, I think in the church, it's hard for us. We, we have a hard time knowing what to say to someone in this zone. Most often, I think, when we, when we come across people that are going through something like this, what we want to do is we want to take them to stories in the Bible where people experience things like this. We turn to stories in the Bible like Joseph, right? Isn't that what we do? Because we know that Joseph had a delay like this, where God gave him a dream that he was going to raise him up. He was going to be this crazy leader. And we know that, that between the dream and him getting enough courage to share with his brothers was about 15 years. But once he finally shared that dream with his brothers, immediately it tossed him into this, this, this delay, this, this delay between when he told his brothers to when he finally became the prime minister of Egypt, there was this terrible on hold, delay, pause, actual detainment, a season in Joseph's life where God was nowhere to be found, where, where, where God didn't show up, where God didn't intervene, where God didn't deliver. It was, it was divine detainment. And here's the thing, God could have easily done something about it, right? But he doesn't. Matter of fact, God chose not to. And so here's Joseph, we know that he's struggling because he actually tries to take matters into his own hands, doesn't he? He, he tells the cupbearer to the king, he says, he says, hey man, when you get out, tell Pharaoh, man, give, give, me, give him a good word about me. Give him a good, hey, what's he doing? Well, he's trying, to, he's trying to do God's job. He feels like God's forgotten him. And so, so what else can you do when you feel like God's not listening? When every night you're crying yourself to sleep in a cell, thinking I'm not supposed to be here. It feels like God doesn't see me. God's not coming through. What is this? It's divine detainment. And some of you are in that place at this moment. That's the zone you're in. You know what God says. You know what God can do. 
But what, you, what God says and what you see and what you're experiencing is not the same thing. It's the middle. It's that it's stuck between now and not yet. It's the d- delay of your dream. It's the pause of your dream. And so what I want to say to you today that are in that moment right this minute, I want to say I think it's a miracle that you're at church today. I think it's a miracle that you decided to come to church today. Because here's what I know about the space between the now and the not yet. What I know about that place where you're waiting for God to show up and you're waiting for the breakthrough. Here's what I can tell you because I've been through this. I've been through the middle. What I can tell you is that space, that space is the place for the greatest miracles. I want you to know that. I want you just to hear that today, okay? I know it's hard to hear that when you're in the middle, but I'm just gonna tell you that space is the place for the greatest miracle, but it's also, and you need to hear this today, it's also the place of greatest fear, of greatest instability, of greatest disorientation. It's the place of greatest frustration. It's also the place where Satan can can inflict the most guilt, the most shame. It's where it functions at the highest level. It's in the same place. It's the place of the greatest miracle, but it's also the greatest place of vulnerability that you'll ever be in in your life. And and here's why. I'm gonna read this because I I don't wanna say it wrong. It's, It's because the middle makes you feel things you think you shouldn't come to church feeling. When you're in that zone, you feel like, I can't feel like this and come to church. If you feel like God has abandoned you, if you feel like God's not coming through for you, I mean, you, you, know, you know that God loves you. you. You know that he does, but it's agony to come to church and worship someone that you don't feel even likes you or sees you or or responds to you at this moment. It's agony to love God, serve God, um, show up like you've done today when you feel like your life doesn't have the evidence that God even cares. You know what I'm talking about. It's agony to come to church and hear someone else speak about their breakthrough. It's hard to hear someone else's testimony. Are you with me? While you're wondering where your breakthrough is. And when your breakthrough is going to come, it's hard to listen to someone else's great outcome when yours didn't end well. See, we have no theology for this in the church. I've been pastoring, I've been part of ministry for going on 30 years, and I hate to say that because that's a long time. (laughs) But I mean, if I had a dollar for every person that got stuck in this zone, stopped coming to church, and never came back. And the reason was is because they checked out during this turbulent, troublesome, middle, stuck zone. And and as, as I think about it, I realize that I don't think a lot of them quit on God, I think they quit on the church. And I think it's, I think it's, I, I, I try to figure it out why. Because I think the church has become so obsessed with fixing things. Try, try and stay with me today. We, we, we've, just, we've just come, we, we just try to, try to fix things. It's hard for us 
to sit with the untidiness of your life right now. It's hard for us to, to, to reconcile in our mind an all-powerful God and you're in a situation where God's doing nothing. It's hard to come up with it. And so, so what we try to do is we try to just clean it up. We just try to, we just try to unpack it and explain it away. And I, I think what we try to do is we speak to someone that's stuck in the middle. We try to speak to them from the, from the place of completion. You're going to have to stay with me today or you're not going to get this. We try to talk to people that are stuck in the middle as if the, from a place like it's already been done. And we speak to the middle from the perspective of the end. And, and, and in other words, we talk, we talk to you about Joseph after he becomes prime minister. All right, we, we, we talk about him and we, and we say things like, see, all things work together for good. See, all, it all works out. In the end, you're just gonna keep going, brother. We just kind of talk about it. It all works out well. God's got your back. But the truth is this. It doesn't always work out for people. <laughs> and we don't know what to say about that. You see, that's when it gets a little bit difficult because there's people in this room right now, this morning, that, that the outcome wasn't what they wanted. They didn't get the miracle. Things didn't work out well. The relationship wasn't restored. The job never came. The miracle didn't come. And then we're left to deal with that. Is it okay for me to talk like this this morning? I know you're not used to this. But so what we do is we try to, we try to develop this theology by, by what we read in scripture. Right? We try to create this kind of, we, we try to create this narrative based on what we read in scripture. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we've got to remember something. The people in the Bible, they didn't know they were in the Bible. They had no idea they were in the Bible. Joseph doesn't know he's going to become prime minister. We know, but he has no idea. He doesn't know that everything is going to turn out okay. And so it's hard for us, right? Because, because it's hard for us to empathize with Joseph. It's hard for us to empathize with his middle because we know the end. All right? You know something he doesn't know. But when he's rotting in prison year after year, imagine what he's feeling. See, you know the outcome, and he doesn't. I record Cleveland Browns games. All right, I'm a huge Cleveland Browns fan, all right? During football season, if you notice, I'm a massive sports fan. But during football season, I never talk about football. I never bring it up. Why? Because I record Cleveland Browns games. And I don't want you, who during my sermon is following fantasy football and know exactly what happens in every game, I don't want you to ruin my enjoyment of not knowing the outcome. I hope there's some people convicted that do fantasy football right now. I hope you're convicted by that. I record the Browns and I go to great lengths to be able to go home after church, take off what I'm wearing, throw on some shorts, ask Carrie what's for, for lunch and sit down and push play. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I've gone to great lengths to make sure I don't know the outcome. I've turned off notifications. I've turned off score alerts. None, I don't follow my team on social media. I, I do all these things to make sure I don't know the outcome because I, I enjoy the drama of it. Now, Here's the problem. Sometimes my wife or my sons or my dad or my mom 
somehow they manage to find out who's won the game. All right, they, they already know. And the problem is, is I know they know because they're acting different. All right? I'm yelling at the TV. I'm panicked by what's going on. I'm hanging on every play. And there's my dad just kind of sitting there looking at his phone, you know, kind of going through. Or, 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 or I'm sitting there and I'm excited about what's happening, but Carrie's not in the room. She doesn't even come by to say how everything's going. She's, she, usually she's sitting there reading next to me and, and all this, but she's not there that day. And, and about the third quarter, I start to realize in my mind, she knows. She knows we lose this game, all right? She knows she doesn't want to be in here, she, all right? Now, now here, here's, here's the thing. This, you, you watch a game much differently when you know the outcome, all right? The one who knows the outcome is sitting there all chilled out because you know the final score. It's like reading Joseph's story already knowing how it ends up. All right, we know he wins, and so we can flip the page and we can read it all casual because we know it's all good, it all works out in the end, all things work together for good, but this morning what I'm trying to get you to do is understand the middle, Joseph didn't know how it was gonna end up. I'm trying to get you to feel that zone between the now and the not yet. Because what if Joseph is sitting in church today? What if Habakkuk sat here this morning? What if Moses? Who, who was stuck on the backside of the desert for 40 years. What if he was here this morning? He's, he's a guy that he thinks God's done with him. He, he thinks that there's no more usefulness in his life. He's on the backside of the desert and all of us have that equivalent. We all have that place where we run to away from the trials. We all have that thing we go to from try, instead of facing our mess, that place we run to. What if Job is at church today? See, the reason Job's don't come to church is because of Job's friends. The book of Job is an entire book dedicated to friends trying to fix Job in a really bad situation. When Job is stuck in the middle, he's got three friends that are trying to explain to him all the reasons why he's in this place, why his life is like it is. He, they begin to tell him all the things, maybe he should have done this, maybe you should have done that. It's, it's because you didn't do this, it's because you didn't do that. You weren't kind to this person. You didn't help the poor when you could. It's all of these theories, these friends are telling Job why God is afflicting his life. And I think some of us, we, we're in that middle. We, we, we're in that pain and we're afraid to come to church because we're afraid that somebody's gonna try and fix us. And so I wanna tell you that the last thing that me, I as your pastor want to do, or we as a congregation want to do, is enter your detainment, that, that, that place where you're waiting for God and you're waiting for breakthrough and you're waiting for miracle. But the last thing we want to do is enter that place from completion. We don't want to come to that place where you're at in your life where there are no guarantees. I don't want to step into your now from the perspective of your not yet. Instead, what I want to say and what our church wants to say to you is we are with you in your middle. We are with you in that stuck season, that delay zone, that place where you're feeling anxiety and pain that place when you're asking questions and wondering why, I wanna tell you something, we are with you in that. It's been nearly three years 
Now, our family got the news that Carrie had, she was diagnosed with cancer. And I don't want to belabor this. You guys, have, you guys know this story, but I'm trying to, trying to help you understand something. And I remember hearing that diagnosis. I remember going to the doctor and saying, there's no way. There's no way God would allow that. God knows that we're, you know, pastoring and we've got, we've got, we've got people we're trying to help. There's no way God would allow us to go through uh, this. There's no way this is happening to, to my wife. And I remember the shock. And here I am, I'm, I'm trying to lead our family. And I remember the shock and the, and, and the, and the questioning that began to come up inside of me, knowing that here we are, we're facing surgeries and treatments and recovery that we knew would take at least a year. And as I, as I begin to describe this, some of you, right at this moment, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because you've heard those kind of diagnoses. You've received that kind of news. Or maybe you know someone that you love dearly, someone close in your family that you've had to go through and, and be through with, or it's, it's at the forefront of your mind right now. Maybe someone that you love and you're concerned about their not yet. Someone in your mind that you're, you're thinking about comes to your mind that hasn't had divine intervention, that, that, that hasn't had the miracle, that there are no guarantees. And I remember as a, as, a, as a husband and a father trying to understand and trying to reconcile this reality of where we now found ourselves, this place that we were at as a family, where we were. And I remember the questions that came up in my mind. I remember the lies that were whispered into my ear. And, and somewhere in the middle of all of this, all of a sudden, what overcame and came into my spirit was this overwhelming feeling of compassion. And the reason I felt this compassion is because for decades, I had counseled people and I had talked to people that had gone through things just like we were now in. And all of a sudden, I realized now we're that family. Now, we're that prayer request. And all of a sudden, I just kind of began to realize that I had done a lot of teaching on suffering. I had preached a lot of sermons on suffering, but I had never really gone through anything. I never really experienced much of anything. But here's the thing. When you go through hardship and when you experience struggle, when you're stuck in that delay zone, all of a sudden, there's now a new sense of authenticity to when you speak about it. Now, all of a sudden, there's, there's a sound of compassion that maybe wasn't there before. Maybe that sermon that I preached on a hardship five years ago, well, it sounds a little different today than it did back then. Maybe it has a sound of compassion and humanity. That, that message has a sound maybe of, of those things that it didn't have back then. It sounds a little bit different now. And I think this is our gift to each other. I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna talk to you as the church. I think this is our gift. The reason that we experience these seasons is so that we can have a sense of compassion and, and bring comfort to people who need it. You see, comfort is, is not about fixing. See, we wanna fix, but comfort is not about fixing anything. Comfort is about presence. It's about presence. And I think we've been, we've been obsessed with fixing things, but God is the God of comfort. 
He, he actually gave us the Holy Spirit, which is our, what? Our comforter. And we know that the Holy Spirit is the one that is with us in our middle. He doesn't fix it. He doesn't remove us from it. He actually sits there with us in our middle. He sits there in our pain. He sits there in our disorientation, in our frustration. And, and as I experience that comfort myself, I've learned as, as your pastor to begin to say, I'm so sorry that you're going through this. And I want to say to those of you that are in pain today, for whatever reason, I want to say to you from myself and from this church, we love you. And we are here for you. And I don't know what that means. I don't even know if us being here for you is actually even needed. But I want to tell you that one of the things that I learned in our seasons of crisis and struggle is that, is that what you hear in that season is filtered through your pain. And one of the greatest gifts that we can give each other in our delay is not words, it's presence. It's to know that someone sees us and doesn't feel the need to come and fix it and doesn't feel the need to tidy it up and make it all better and drag us into a false conclusion of why this is even happening. And that's what we wanna build this church on. This is the model that we want Elevate Ministries to be, that we are here, we're together together. We are here for each other. Not just a statement on our wall, not just a value that we recite. This is a culture that we live. And we don't wanna step into your middle from the perspective of God's completion, from the perspective of an outcome, and then speak to you, oh, just, just have faith, brother. Oh, all you gotta do is believe. All things work together for good. If I was in your shoes, I would. I'm not sure that's comforting. I'm not sure that's as comforting as, as we can be to talk to somebody about their middle from the perspective of God, because God is omniscient. That means, I mean, God knows our past, he knows our present, and he knows our future. And so when we talk from God's perspective, God doesn't have a perspective. God is immune to perspective because he knows everything. We're the ones with the limitation of perspective. Are you, are you with me today? I, I can only see what I can see from my perspective. And I think sometimes to talk to somebody in the crisis from a position of God's perspective is actually somewhat cruel. As if someone in that situation hadn't, it hadn't occurred to them what God's word says. Like, like they, don't, they don't know that are, are already or that somehow God's perspective trumps theirs. I don't care what you feel, this is what God's word says. Listen, I, I get that and I, I believe that, but I think there's something else that needs to be said. To step into that middle, that detainment, that middle zone, and just let us know that we're seen and that we're loved. And the reason I call this divine detainment is because God put us there. And we need people 
to be champions and heroes from the middle. I want to encourage anyone in this room today, you're stuck right now. What we need is people to be heroic and champions in the mess. In the mess. We need heroes from the middle to stand up and say, I don't know what the outcome is. And, and to be like Job who said, though he slay me, yet will I praise him. He, he doesn't know it ends well. He doesn't know how it all turns out. He doesn't even know his story is going to be in the Bible and says, though he slay me, yet will I praise him. That's all some of you have brought with you today. There's some of you today, all you have today is just a little bit of praise. That's all you brought with you this morning. You come here today and you're coming on, I don't know the outcome. You're here this morning and you have no guarantees. And I don't like, you're here today and you're thinking, I don't like that I haven't gotten my miracle yet. I don't like that I don't know how this ends. I'm telling you, I'm so glad that you are here. You are here that even though God delays and even though I feel like I'm stuck be between, you're making the statement, yet will I praise him. I will be here. I will love. I will serve. I will worship because I feel and I wonder whether or not the greatest miracle in my life is taking place here in the middle. You're here today saying, I wonder whether or not God is saying to me that the miracles through you can never be bigger than the miracles in you. You're here today wondering whether or not God is saying, I want to do some amazing things through you, but I've got to make sure that what I do through you is first established in you. And I think some of these miracles that we're talking about, they only happen in the delay zone. They only can happen in the in-between, in the middle. They only happen in the season of divine detainment. But here's the problem with it. Are you guys okay? When you're in the middle, you don't know how big the middle is. How big is it? Here's the problem with the middle. You can only calculate how, how big the middle is when you see both sides. You can only calculate, you can only look back and see where the middle was. But you don't know it's the middle when you're in it. You don't know if you're at the beginning of the middle. You don't know if you're at the middle of the middle. You don't know if you're at the end of the middle. And so many of us, maybe right now, or, or someone, some, somewhere in our past, we've been thrust into that in-between zone. And the thing is, we don't know how long it's gonna last. We don't know if it's ever gonna, gonna end. Is it gonna be a week? Is it gonna be a month? Is it gonna be a year? Is it gonna be decades? Is it gonna be like Joseph or Moses or others? And the reason I call this sermon divine detainment is because, is because God could remove you from it. But for whatever reason, he's keeping you in it. And I think that's what causes so much agony about it, is that you know that God could get rid of it because nothing can detain God. Nothing can stop God. And so if God is holding you in this place, then that means it's intentional. Are you here today? That if God is holding you, if he's not intervening, if, it, if, he's not, if he's not giving you that miracle, it's not because something's stopping God, it's because he's choosing not to. That's hard for us to grab because you and I can be delayed for circumstances outside of our control. 
You can tell your neighbor, hey man, I'm sorry I'm late, I got stuck in traffic. And we would understand, right? We can get delayed by circumstance, but God doesn't have any circumstances outside of his control. And so it's, it's, it's all, it's all of a sudden, it just feels like, man, God, are you serious? It seems like God's timing sucks sometimes. Are you with me? If God was my friend and God knew for him not to intervene, and I know that he can, I know that he should, and the clock is ticking, I mean, all of a sudden you start thinking, man, God's timing, his appearing, his intervening, it seems awful, like awful timing sometimes. And then you come to church, and what we say is, God's never late, he's always on time. How many have heard that and you're thinking, serious? How many have heard that and you're in the middle of the middle, and you're like, serious? He, he's, he's quite a bit late. Like he's way past, past the point where I feel like he should have shown up, all right? I mean, God's never late, he's always on time. Tell that to Lazarus. I said, we only, we only know that his timing is perfect. We can only know that, that his timing is perfect from hindsight. We can only conclude that his timing is perfect when we're done with it. And so I know that for me and for our family in the middle of our crisis, I had plenty of sleepless nights wondering what this outcome is gonna be. I know that my wife, and she shared with, with you many times during, during this season, she had many nightmares that she'd wake up. But here's the thing that you know about God, he never had a sleepless night. God never had to wait for an outcome that he wasn't already aware of. Nothing just ever occurred to God. He's never had to be brought up to speed on anything. Are you with me today? He's never been surprised by a diagnosis that he didn't see coming. And so we know that God is all-knowing, that he's all-aware, and yet sometimes he seems like he's absent. And I wanna say something here this morning to those that, that are here and you're in your middle. I wanna to say to you that it's okay for you to come as you are. To come with, those, come with those feelings. And when I say come as you are, I'm not saying come as we are. That you got a bit of smile on your face and pretend like everything's okay and be encouraged in the Lord. No, 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 I'm not telling you that. What I mean is come as you are. Come with that frustration. I believe that we have to be a church that has beliefs and faith that's more robust than, than, than having some feelings. We wanna be able to withstand Habakkuk's rants, amen. We wanna be able to withstand all of Job's frustration. We wanna be able to withstand Joseph's loneliness and when he's crying to sell himself to sleep at night in his cell with no divine intervention. We wanna build the kind of Christianity where our God isn't too fragile to criticize like Habakkuk did. Because it's important for us to know, and I want you to know, you can be angry at God. You can be frustrated with God. You can be disoriented with God. And here's what you need to understand, it doesn't phase God at all. He's not hurt, he's not upset. And I wanna challenge you, don't feel like you can't be here today because you're going through something. I can't be here and and be worship and adoring. I can't, I can't be around the, the great testimonies and the stories. I can't, I can't be angry and frustrated at God and be in church. Yes, you can. 
I think you'd be amazed at how unfazed God is by what you think about him. He's not fragile. God's not sensitive. People are. God's not. And I have been so frustrated with a God that seems absent. And I think, I think it's hard to make sense of an all-powerful God that's, that's passive in your situation. But I wanna tell you, you can feel like that and still be here. And what we have to have in the house of God is champions from the middle. People like, like Bobby, she's normally sitting right there. People like Bobby, she's a champion in the middle. Fighting through diagnosis, fighting through pain and sickness, yet serving our children from the middle. We need, we need champions like Denise sitting with us today. Given a diagnosis, no guarantees, actually not a lot of hope, but here living with faith, walking with purpose, champion in the middle, no guarantee. Some of you are here today without your spouse. God to intervene, you're praying for a miracle, you're praying for, for God to come through, just nothing seems to be happening. In fact, things seem to get worse. You're here today estranged from a family member, a son, a daughter. You're here today. You're a champion. You're a hero. We need you. We need your voice. Be a church that doesn't try to tidy up your situation and give you a quick fix option. We want to be a church that sees you, and loves you, and is here for you in your middle. How many of you today? I know there's so many, but how many today can say I'm stuck right now? I'm in that middle zone right now.
idea when the season was going to end. No idea when the season would conclude or how it would. And I can tell you the only thing I could do, we could do, was just get up and give it another day. Get up and go another step. And, and, and ask God that, God, whatever you're trying to do in this season, Lord, whatever I'm trying, Lord, teach me, show me something so that I can be a comfort to people later. Lord, that you allowing me to go through this, it has to be for a purpose. I'm choosing to believe it's for a purpose, that there's a miracle that's going to come from this. And so God, help me to see what that is. Let me gather wisdom and a facet that you're trying to show me along the way that I can offer it to someone else. for stability 
and strength. I pray right now you'd fill them with courage this morning. God, I I pray that you'd give them the strength to get up and go another day, to get up and take another step. Lord, in the midst of their middle. I pray right now, God, that they would find some facet. Lord, I pray right now that they'd find some sort of insight, that they'd gain some sort of wisdom, God, from this season. Lord, that whatever you're trying to show them, God, they would see that revelation, God, that 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 revelation that they receive from this season would become their gift to you, become their gift to the rest of us. that in the midst of their middle that they would figure out something that they never would have seen that they never would have known otherwise now that from their middle would come a story from their middle would become a gift to the rest of us I pray that we as your church would not try to fix or tidy up wouldn't try to make it all right, but instead that we would stand with and love and comfort one another as your people, God. We believe and we know that the best days are not behind us, they're ahead of us. We believe and we trust that the best days are still to come. We trust you that you're not done, that if what we're seeing is not what you said, We go with what you said. We trust what you said. We cling to your word, God. Raise up champions and heroes from the middle. Right now, in Jesus' name. Come on, let let the presence of the Lord just touch your life right now. Come on, let the presence of the Lord just come for you, God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord, let us be that people. Let us be that church, Lord, that loves each other, that encourages one another. God, that listens and sees responds Lord Lord I pray that we would take on the attributes of the Holy Spirit that's our comforter that won't try to pull us out of the middle but would sit with us in it in Jesus name God we thank you God we love you I pray for every broken relationship now I pray for every family that needs healing and restoration now I pray for every body that is broken and needs healing now God I pray for every financial situation. God, every trust that's been broken, every hurt of the heart, I lift it in Jesus' name. I thank you that you're there with us. You never leave us. God, and we know that because all around us are your people.
voice and sing, I can. Come on. 
You won't be alone, I promise. Sunday. We love you guys so much. Hang out in fellowship. God bless you guys.